it's Jonathan Rosenblatt from ObjectSharp, and on this episode of the podcast, I chat with CentralLogic's Cybersecurity Practice VP, Stephen Cohen, about looking holistically at organizational cybersecurity practices, which become even more important when expanding into the cloud. Plus, Stephen shares how to keep up with the constantly evolving nature of cybersecurity. Hey, welcome to the Object Sharp Podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me in the studio. Uh, we have Stephen from our parent company, Central Logic. Actually, this is actually the first time that we have anyone from uh, from Central Logic on. So, welcome. Thank you, thank you, Jonathan. I'm I'm honored to be the first guest. <laughs> so I'll pass it over to you, and maybe just uh, do a little bit of a quick introduction: who you are, what you do, uh, and we'll go from there. Sure. So again, uh, my name is Stephen Cohen, and uh, I am responsible for our cybersecurity practice at Central Logic. And I've been doing cybersecurity for many, many years, for over 20 years now. I've had my own uh, consulting company and, and managed security services company. And I joined Central Logic earlier this year to really help enhance our security services and build out the practice uh, going forward. Nice. So, you know, as being as sort of being that cybersecurity person, I mean, cybersecurity is such a huge, huge topic. Um, and I've heard you say uh, in, in a previous webinar that you've done that cybersecurity is a required pillar for digital transformation. And I was so curious about um, what specifically or like what of cybersecurity is required. Um, and then I'd love for us to chat a little bit about like, why is it even required? Sure. Well, I, I would like to think that everything in cybersecurity is required, but Fair. definitely it's it's a good point that you raise. Not everybody uh, recognizes it, and it's one of the things I've seen really change uh, in the cybersecurity market over the last couple of decades. Where you know people used to think of security, cybersecurity, information security as being a solution. So initially, antivirus was security, and then you know, hackers came into people's networks and then firewalls became security. And so it was, you know, often recognized or, or thought of as if I buy this piece of technology, then I'm secure and I have security. And I think what organizations and individuals and people on the techno technological forefront have come to realize is that there is no point solution. There is no silver bullet that exists. So you really have to look at security from a holistic perspective. And so technology is a key important part, but having the right people on the front lines and building the right processes so that those people can take advantage of the technology is really uh, a critical uh, set of components that really make up, you know, looking at cybersecurity. So, you know, to answer your question of, you know, well, what, you know, what do you need and what's required? It's, very often, and I think the best way to look at it is, uh, you know, you really need to look at what is the problem you're trying to solve. So being an engineer by trade, I've, I've always looked at security and I've, I've looked at every challenge I've taken in IT as being, you know, how do I solve a problem? And so that's how you should look at, you know, applying security to, uh, you know, whether it's digital transformation or whether it's a new architecture or whether it's a new company that you're acquiring or whether it's a whole change in your business processes, all of those things could make significant changes 
to your technology and could introduce security gaps. And so you need to you know, examine that from a, from a security perspective uh, and look at things with a security mindset. So in, in thinking then about digital transformation, I think if I'm understanding you correctly in that it's every, because everything is becoming so digital, so, um, you know, file-based or so data-based, I guess, um, all the more reason why now all of these extra things that we wouldn't have necessarily needed to think about before um, become part of the transformation because everything that you have is digital, right? Absolutely. And so... Yeah, everything becomes interconnected. And so when everything becomes interconnected, then, you know, everything is potentially accessible, which is great from a functionality perspective. If you have a lot more data and you can do more data analytics and you can, you know, uh, be able to provide more information to customers and partners, that's all a great thing. And you need to understand that from a security perspective, too, is that part of what you're trying to do is give people access to more information so that they can make the right decisions. But at the same time, putting on my security cap, I say, okay, well, how do I make sure I'm not giving the right information to the wrong people or the wrong information to the right people? So you're, you're really, you're trying to, you know, protect that data, which is often can be, you know, highly confidential and, and is, you know, highly critical to, to an organization's existence. And if you lose that data, if someone gets access to that data, it could significantly impact the company. So it's actually, it's a, it's a timely, you know, it's timely that we're having this conversation right now because just the previous episode of the podcast, I was talking to Rob Berger and Dave Judd about data and the cloud. And they were of course coming at it from a, you know, more of an engineering perspective, more of a enabling the business function of data. Um, And we were having this conversation about, well, there's a lot of data that now needs to move from on-prem to the cloud or from cloud to cloud or from application to application via the cloud. Now, of course, in that particular episode, we didn't talk about, you know, the, the what we would need to be thinking about in terms of the security of it all, right? We were geeking out on the technology of it. Correct. So it's, it's timely that you bring up the conversation about saying, okay, well, it's great that you're going to give access to all this data. Now, how are we thinking about it in terms of a security perspective? Right. And, and so security becomes a foundational element for everything you do across all those different architectures and different platforms uh, and different environments that, that are storing the data. And so it really becomes critical. And that's why, you know, in, in that sort of big grandiose, okay, well, we want to do everything securely. I think what you have to do is, you know, and if you, you, you know, if you're thinking about, okay, well, where do I start? It really starts with the data. So you need to look at it, and that's going to be really unique from an organization-to-organization perspective, and it's going to be unique upon how you're actually using the data and how you're architecting your environment. But what is that data? How critical is it? How confidential is it? If that data you don't have access to because of you know, a breach or an attack, if you lose that data and it becomes public information, you need to look at what's the impact of that. So some data may not be as important as other data. So you really need to you know, have some mechanism to classify what's the really, really critical in, in, you know, data that's at the core of my organization. And, and a lot of businesses today, you know, data is the center of the business. So if, if that's the case, then that's the, the, you know, the keys to the kingdom. You do not want to pro- provide access to the wrong people. And so that data 
you want to share with the right people, but you want to make sure it's highly, highly protected from the wrong people. And so that's where you start. And then from there, you build out, okay, how am I going to protect that data? You know, does it need to be encrypted? Does it need to be monitored? Do I need to, you know, block certain access? You know, if I lose that data, how can I recover so that I don't impact customers? All of those aspects really um, uh, affect how you're going to architect the problem uh, from a security perspective. And so, again, you want to do that layered approach where you're providing that security uh, throughout the, the solution and, and to the right level of effectiveness based on the data and, and based on you know, the value of that data and, and how much you want to protect it. Because you can also try and protect something 100%, but there's no point in doing that. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 at some point, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not going to be any returning value in the, your investment. And so at the end of the day, I take a very pragmatic approach to security. I, you know, I love to see lots of uh, security implemented, but you really need to say, okay, well, what's 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 my risk appetite? Something, some data, I'm going to want to protect no matter what, and so I'm going to want to invest a lot of money. And other things, I may say, you know what? For today, the way it is, I'm willing to live with some level of risk, and that's going to be different organization by organization, and you know, depending on what data and what architecture they have and how everything's been implemented. So it kind of sounds like, uh, you know, as you're as you're talking through all of those different considerations, I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, so typically, you know, when you're going in, you're developing a solution. Um, I don't know, at least may, maybe this was just the way I did it back in the day when I was doing development, where it's kind of like, you know, what is the best architecture? What is the best technology solution for the particular problem that that I'm solving? Now, what's interesting in this case is that. Uh, or in back in in those days is that I didn't necessarily think about security up front. It was sort of one of those things where I always just assumed, oh, you know, like the infrastructure guys will take care of it um, or, you know, or the the mechanisms by which um, all of these things are on. Right. So like you said, the da- the firewalls, the access controls, policies, identity um, technology, whatever, all of that will just take care of it for me. It, but it kind of sounds like from from listening to you is that maybe that's not necessarily the right approach to it. Maybe that there needs to be some sort of uh, a security mindset that's kind of it's certainly at the beginning, but definitely throughout the entire process. Yeah, absolutely. So it's one of the things I've seen again a, a change in in you know in that security mindset where uh, you really you know. And I've seen this, like I've worked with customers. I don't see it as much today, fortunately, but I've seen customers, you know, large banks, big global enterprise organizations that work on a project, spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars in technology and people in trying to get some something up and running, you know, getting, getting a, a, you know, a large data migration uh, project up and running and they don't look at security until the end of the project. And then the project becomes, okay, now we'll run a pen test to actually exactly. check to make sure everything's secure, which was a lot of times was considered, that's that's my security check mark. Well, the problem with that is what happens if the pen test comes back and finds that the environment is riddled with vulnerabilities. There's lots of ways to hack into it. I've seen way too many times where organizations will overrun 
you know, the security findings and the business will say, well, we're already behind schedule. We're already, you know, delayed. We, we promised that we were going to launch this service or launch this capability. We just have to go through and launch it and we'll worry about security later. And it's, it becomes a nightmare. And frankly, it creates a big exposure for the organization. And so that's why you really have to take security into account, ideally from the beginning. And make sure that you're looking at, you know, security as, as being an integrated part of the overall solution. So the question then I'll, the, the question becomes, having this security mindset is on who? Is it the, the developers, the architects, the infrastructure people, everybody? Like, yeah. you know, who, who do you think needs to have that sort of primary focus of security? Um, and perhaps even like the the need to educate or or fill in the gaps wherever it's not necessarily present when you're sitting there and architecting. Yeah, so it's a great question. I mean, ideally, uh, everyone should have ownership in security. So the network architect should be you know taking into account you know some amount of security into the the network and the infrastructure. The, the you know the software development team, the DevOps team should be taking security into account of you know, the custom application that they're developing. Uh, and ideally, those people are trained and have some level of training uh, to, 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 to keep in mind, okay, what are the security considerations? The reality is that those people kind of you know, have their day jobs, which is usually not security. And so <laughs> what you usually want to do is find someone with the right security expertise that can maybe come in as an advisor, as a subject matter expert, and look at things from a security expertise and say, okay, well, have you taken these things into account in terms of the architecture, in terms of how you're going to encrypt here and how you're going to protect this data there and how you're going to actually identify and monitor this data over in this other spot? All of those things, you know, a security individual can at least ask those questions and bring some insight and look into, you know, what are the different options? And that's really, again, what security is trying to do uh, is to identify where are the security gaps and what are the potential risks. And ultimately, it comes down to the business to decide, okay, well, am I willing to live with that risk or do I really want to protect that risk? Because usually there's you know, costs involved. There could be you know, time and resource considerations involved. So you want to you know, make sure you have that information before you make a decision. Uh, but ultimately, it's a it's a business decision on on how you want to implement things and how you want things to be uh, rolled out. Now, you mentioned you mentioned that you know people have a day job, and it's not necessarily that security is one of the things that they think about. I'm I'm wondering if if just off the top of your head, you have like how if someone was interested in in let's say just like the basics, right? Of what are the what are the things that you should know or go study or stuff like that? How do you even start getting into that um, so that you at least have some sort of basis to think about? Is it like courses? Is it um, are, or are there specific courses, certifications, or perhaps like working with individuals like you? Like how do you how do you get started with that? Yeah, so there are some great courses. Uh, there's a, I mean, again, the good thing is there's a lot of information available online, and uh, and that's really key. Uh, is trying to find you know the right area. I mean, the, again, the good thing is you may want to start generally, but it's very easy to sort of drill down into some of the specifics. You know, do I need something you know security in the cloud, or do I need you know software development security practices, or do I need you know 
secure access controls or secure identity management. Like there's lots of different topics and lots of different things that you can focus on. So uh, really, it depends on on you know what's the problem you're trying to solve. And there's great courses online, and there's lots of uh, organizations, uh, CISSP and ISC Squared are a couple of security specific organizations that focus on security training. So, so we've been talking a lot about cybersecurity in general, and we've made mention of the cloud a couple of times, um, and and certainly within reference to the previous episode of data in the cloud, it was all about that. So, I'm curious from from your perspective. What are some of the what are some of the things that change um, when when we're thinking about like security thinking from on prem versus security thinking around solutions in the cloud? Like what's what's different? What 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 are some of the things that we now have to start worrying about? Perhaps what are the things that we have to that now because they're taken care of by the cloud platform we don't have to worry about? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it's it's a great question because, frankly, I don't think enough organizations think about that. And, and I can tell you, I mean, I, I dealt with a number of enterprise clients, uh, I would say at least five or six years ago that were sort of, you know, early adopters to, to really do, you know, significant migration to the cloud. And, and I had clients, you know, on all ends of the spectrum. I had clients that were like, I don't want to go to the cloud at all because it's it's not secure and I don't know where my data resides and I don't know how well it's protected. And I saw a big swing of the pendulum to where organizations said, oh my goodness, we need to move everything to the cloud because it's just so much more efficient. And I think most organizations, even today, are kind of somewhere in between. They want to have a significant cloud presence. They want to take advantage of the scalability and the flexibility and what the cloud offers to them. But there's some potentially legacy systems or some elements that they still have that resides, whether it's in a data center that they have, whether it's in their, their own internal environment. You know, there, there's lots of variations and lots of different hybrid environments that, that exist today. And so I think understanding how the cloud differs from a security perspective, I think is really, really key. And, and I think you need to look at it from a holistic perspective because I think there's some great things that the cloud actually provides you with. And when we you know, talk about the cloud, we're talking about you know, the big public cloud, you know, the service providers, the AWS, the Azures, uh, you know, the, the, the Google and Oracle cloud. So big providers with big data uh, environments, they actually provide uh, an amazing environment when it comes to physical security and protecting the environment, you know, whether it's from an HVAC perspective, I mean, the, the environments that they build to basically run the cloud uh, are state of the art and they're, you know, and they're well replicated, you know, the possibility of losing data uh, or having data interruptions is, is, you know, very, very, very unlikely for the big data service providers. And so you actually get some huge advantages compared with having to run that data in your own environment, even in your own data center that you wouldn't, you know, you you get just by the nature of moving those to the cloud. And, And part of that is the physical security as well. So it's one of the things that when we look at, um, you know, security as a, at a holistic perspective, uh, you know, physical security is one of the elements. With the cloud, that really becomes a non-issue. And, you know, not only is it well-designed, but, it, you know, all of those organizations 
you know, meet all of the security standards that you would want them to meet. They've got, you know, SOC 2 service certifications and audits. They do ISO audits and certifications. They usually have multiple uh, audits and reviews done. So you know that they've got a really, really great foundation. Having said that, that's a great foundation for the physical security and the, and the uh, you know, physical environment that you're being hosted on. The actual logical security is something that clients really need to think about themselves. Making sure the environments are set up appropriately and are, are continued to be managed appropriately in a secure fashion is something that not a lot of clients realize. And there's been a lot of big uh, breaches uh, in the cloud where it's been basically human error and negligence, where someone set up an environment and they didn't realize they were giving access to their entire cloud environment to the internet. And someone you know who came along and was scanning their environment just happened to have access to all of their data. And so that's something that, that you know, when you talk about security in the cloud, you really have to be mindful is the logical security. And some of those things you can do with, um, uh, with you know, I would say traditional methods and traditional approaches of reviewing the security is having you know some level of firewall, some level of access controls to those environments. But some of the things you may want to have you know very very specific cloud uh, security uh, principles in place. And and so a couple that come to mind are identity. I mean, at the end of the day, identity is everything in the cloud. And you want to make sure, again, from a security perspective, the right people have access and the wrong people don't. You know, people faking identities is, you know, not uncommon in the security world. And so how do you make sure that people, you know, who are trying to get access don't have access? So everything from two-factor authentication to pro proper identity access and identity management solutions are really, really key to, to make sure that you have in place. Uh, you know, another area is security monitoring. So lots of organizations, you know, monitor their environment, but monitoring the cloud is is different. I mean, it's the same in some ways. I mean, you can, you know, access logs from the cloud, but the use cases of how people try to get access and try to access information in the cloud can be very, very different than how they would try and access information from an on-prem solution. And so you should look at, you know, not only sort of traditional security monitoring use cases, but specific cloud use cases. And I think those are some of the things that are, frankly, uh, some of them exist today, but that's an area that's evolving. And I think organizations are trying to really, you know, wrap their head around what do I need to consider from a use case perspective when I'm monitoring my cloud footprint. Nice. So, so far practices that we've talked about uh, or cybersecurity practices we talked about is the is around the data, the identity, and the monitoring. What other key principles do you usually ask organizations or suggest to organizations to take a look at? Even just thinking about maybe if they're already on the cloud or they're moving or they're thinking about coming to the cloud, are there any other practices that you know come to mind that are kind of like a no-brainer? like you absolutely need to think about these things? Um. I mean, there are, there definitely are. Uh, and I'd say a lot of the kind of no-brainer things are are very much um, holistic. So they, they may apply, you know, and they certainly apply beyond the cloud. So as an example, you're asking me who owns uh, security in an organization. I mean, I think 
you know, getting everybody to at least a certain base level of security is, is a great way to improve your overall corporate security. I mean, your, your employees are, you know, you know, think of them as your frontline firewall. If you arm them with the right security tools, they can really, really help you be more secure. So things like security awareness and making people aware of, you know, how not to click on the wrong things uh, is really, really key. And frankly, those kind of attacks have become more and more sophisticated uh, on, a, on a daily basis. I mean, I had just the other day, I had a... Um, uh, an internal note that was sent to me. I mean, we received an email which appeared to be coming from the FBI about uh, a major attack. Turns out that was actually a, a, an attack on the FBI where they actually breached and got access to the FBI mail servers. And so it was a totally legitimate, unlike you know previous attempts where if you just simply click on uh, the return button or see who the user that you sent it from, you see, oh, well, it's some... You know, it's obviously not an FBI um, domain, so it's it's clearly something which is which is fraudulent. This actually had an FBI email address because they had actually hacked into the FBI, and so it looked pretty legitimate. It looked like it was. Now there were other signs in there, like they didn't have any contact information, they didn't have anyone I could call. There wasn't a lot of details on what they actually found. They didn't give us any technical details on our environment. So fortunately, we were able to, you know, search relatively quickly and you can you can look it up online. It was just done within the last week. The FBI uh, appeared to have a breach. And as a result, hundreds of thousands of emails were sent out to service providers like ourselves to actually look at getting access. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I've always wondered, like why people do that but we can leave we can leave that for a, for a different yeah. podcast there's there's lots of it's and it's interesting and you look at the uh the attack vectors i mean again another area where like over the 20 years that i've been doing it initially in security it was uh you know very often you know very novice you know often script kiddies that really, really were just hacking for fun. They would try and see what they could get access. They really had no way to sort of monetize what they did. They had no way of uh, really, um, you know, taking advantage of what they did in, in, in a way that, you know, potentially could be detrimental to the company. All they often were looking for was just bragging rights that they could, you know, say to their peers or say to others that they were able to gain access. Today, the attack landscape has totally changed and it's much, much more sophisticated. And often hackers are, are really playing the, you know, what's, what's considered the low and slow game. They're, they're not trying to just get a quick hit where they say, oh, look, I got this from this company. They're trying to really lace themselves and place themselves inside an organization where they gain access to virtually all of the information. And whether it's through ransomware that they're holding a company hostage or whether it's they're getting access to all of the information that the company holds dear and then holding them hostage that way, there's a lot of ways that uh, hackers are, are looking to, uh, uh, to, to leverage. And, and frankly, the attack vectors they take are, are incredibly sophisticated today uh, in how they're actually going about getting the data. And you know, again, with the cloud, it's organizations have a lot of data in the cloud and they have a lot of, in, you know, of their um, their operations running in the cloud, it becomes a big, big target for the attackers. 
Well, and so then as as the attackers are evolving in their methods, of course, security practices in the cloud are also evolving, not only in reaction to, but I would assume proactively to get in front of. Um, so effectively, I mean, and, and maybe this is just me, but it almost looks like this entire area of security is probably now evolving faster than it ever has in the past. So how do you how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with that constant evolution um, and, and keeping up with what whatever it is that you need in order to feel secure? Yeah, well, you bring up a couple of good points. I mean, firstly, I would say it's one thing that organizations really need to, to take into account is, is you know, I, I don't want to be uh, alarmist, but I would say that if you look at, you know, the trajectory that attackers have taken, what they were doing, you know, 15 years ago versus 10 years ago versus now, it's totally changed. The, the techniques and the tools that the attackers use today are incredibly sophisticated. They're as sophisticated, if not more so, and frankly, more coordinated than anything that organizations have today to protect their organization. And so the reality is that organizations need to constantly be investing in security and increasing their security posture, because if you just keep your security posture the same, you're actually falling behind because the attackers are becoming more sophisticated. And so how do you do that? You know, number one is you need to constantly stay on top of, you know, whether it's, you know, have someone dedicated to doing it or as an organization, as an executive team, you know, have uh, the organization constantly being educated around what are the security threats? What are the potential impacts to you as an organization? You know, what are the, the type of threats? And, and, you know, have the right partner that can come in and work with you around those. So if nothing else, at least make you aware of what those threats are and, and what the potential risk is to your organization. And then what are the potential ways if, if you determine, listen, this is a big risk. It is something we want to protect against. Okay, what are the options that we have to protect against this? And, and again, security, we look at it holistically. And so, you know, to go back to my earlier comment about not wanting to implement point solutions, I really think, you know, you want to look at implementing security as a layered approach. And so if you look at, uh, you know, the NIST methodology or you look at, you know, several of the standard security formats, you don't want to invest just on, you know, building the best protection or building the best walls, or you don't want to build, you know, spend everything on, you know, just having the best monitoring system so that we can identify what's going on. You really, really want to have solutions and you want to have it's not only technology is you want to have you know the resources and the processes so that you can you know identify attacks that you can protect against attacks that you can you know recover from attacks uh, and that you can respond to attacks and so all of those uh, elements you need to have as part of your overall strategy for security and uh, and that's really an, an investing in each of those is how you're going to continue to improve so you know, this year you may say, you know what, we don't really have a sophisticated incident response process in place and we don't have the right partner working with us. That's what we want to invest on this year because we want to move that up to a much more mature scale. And then once you've done that, you say, okay, great. Now we're in a much better position to respond. But now we want to focus the next year on maybe building out better protection or better, 
you know, identification and, and detection capabilities. And so all of these kind of work hand in hand and really, you know, become integral parts of your overall uh, security strategy. And it's, it's how you stay on top of security as a, as a whole. It's, it really is. I mean, you know, I, I worked with customers years ago when things like PCI came out and, and retailers, organizations that, you know, I worked with, you know, large enterprise retailers that would say, I don't know, you know, we just sell groceries or we just make shoes. I don't know why we need to worry about security, but they've come to realize right. that a big part of their business runs on the data and that's what they're trying to protect. And so, you know, they would, you know, look at PCI as a, as a way to sort of get their security up to a certain level. But, but often they would look at PCI as, okay, well, I've done PCI. I'm now secure. I don't have to invest any money. Well, the reality is, is that's not how security works. Security is a journey and you need to constantly reassess where you're at. And, and ideally you're constantly reinvesting as much as the business can allow it, but reinvesting in improving your security posture. I love that. Security is a journey. I've never heard of that one before, but I love it. And it almost, it's almost like there's an invitation in there as you're thinking about the solutions that, you know, you're developing and, and, you know, typically with solutions, you would be constantly coming back and iterating on new releases, new functionality. And it almost sounds to me and, and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I'm picking up on a, on a hidden invitation from you to basically say, Hey, every time you go and you reopen, you know, whatever this, the technology solution is that you're working on to just like as much as you're investing in new capabilities that will serve the business. Hey, that's a great time also to continue to evolve and, and uplift almost the, uh, you know, the, the security and the way that um, the way that that's handled in the code to be sort of up, up to date with the latest and the greatest, both in terms of standards, but also in terms of, uh, just the evolution of of people trying to break it apart. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and ideally, I mean, the customers that we work most effectively with, uh, we're doing, you know, as part of that overall journey. We're there with them throughout the entire journey and and throughout all aspects of it, and and helping them, you know, even if that's just, hey, we want to get on a call, and we have this, you know, new service we're looking to implement, or this new architecture we're trying to to evaluate. You know, we want to get your insight and input. We love to have those discussions with clients. And it, it could be nothing more than a half hour call or a one hour call, but it can have a significant impact on what direction they end up going and ultimately can really save them from a security perspective, as opposed to they go down a road because they're only focusing on what they need from a functional perspective and not taking security into account. So it's, it's right. you know, we, we, you know, we're happy to get, uh, involved with clients at any aspect, uh, and and we'll do that. Um, but but ultimately, we've had the most effectiveness with clients where we're working with them on a on a constant basis. Cool. So if that's the case, then and we've covered a ton of different topics on on this particular podcast. What do you think would be like the the one kind of go do after hearing our conversation today? You know, someone finishes off their podcast, be like, all right, I need to go do something about this. What do you think, other than calling you, <laughs> what do you think would be like that kind of like that one thing that can just get get the ball, get the ball yeah. going? So I think, you know, where we've typically helped organizations where we like to start is by looking at, uh, you know, 
a security assessment from a holistic perspective, but you can actually go and do that yourself. If you have enough knowledge about your environment, you know, there's information that's available, uh, you know, there's standard frameworks that you can get, you know, the core and start to ask yourself those questions. And so, you know, you, you may have already gone through it, but if you haven't, I would say, ask yourself, you know, what, where are our biggest gaps? What do we need to do? And if you've already done that kind of assessment, I would say for those organizations that are seriously looking at the cloud, I would say, okay, now let's drill a layer deeper. Let's specifically focus on that for the cloud. And let's look at all of our security holistically, but from a cloud perspective, and what are we doing in the cloud and how can we have the right level of protection in the cloud? And so that, that gives you a, you know, for organizations that may have, because lots of organizations, you know, may have external auditors or they may have uh, other security partners that they're working with that come in and do those kind of assessments, but you can do it yourself and look at a particular business area. And I would say, you know, the cloud is, is one of the areas where you can really, really benefit from looking at your security posture in the cloud. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your insights. Um, I'm sure, again, as this as this topic continues to evolve, we will like you, likely have you back, hopefully giving us the latest and the greatest of what has changed since the last time. And who knows, maybe next time we talk about things, it might not even be security in the cloud anymore. It might be I don't know, security in the metaverse, like, right? Who knows? Who knows? So on that note, thank you so much, Stephen. And uh, we look forward to continued conversations with you. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. This podcast is brought to you by ObjectSharp. Whether migrating workloads to Azure or building net new cloud native solutions, leveraging the power of PaaS, serverless, .NET, or the Power Platform. We're implementing DevOps and Agile practices within teams or across the entire organization. ObjectSharp has been helping companies with their digital transformations for over 20 years. Learn more at ObjectSharp.com or connect on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. ObjectSharp is a central logic company.